2: Uh, where are you right now, Dallas? You in uh, Manhattan, New
1: York? Uh, yeah, I, I'm in the biggest little trash bin in the world. Uh, what? What? Uh, what cross streets are you on? Uh, no idea. I'm at the Golden Palace. <laughs> the Golden yeah. Palace? That's right. That sounds like a strip club. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know, you play your cards <laughs> right, Jared. I mean, Jesus that's right i don't, just, don't miss
2: being in new york city at all by it's the way called
1: the new york palace whatever
2: we we're uh we went early today to accommodate dallas's schedule so this podcast is probably going to be a shit show because i had no time to prepare for it like i usually <laughs> i usually set aside a couple hours to at least like review and whatever we get a text last night at fucking one o'clock in the morning and dallas was like
1: Hey, so uh, uh, twelve, twelve bus. I got the bus tomorrow. So if you guys want
3: to
2: go at eight a.m. tomorrow, that would be great. Then I could do the podcast. So Jay Hay's not here because he's he's babysitting his child. <coughs> and oh,
1: I never let that the, get in the way the of my only, podcasting. Tell you that.
2: That yeah. So the 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 topics that that I have for today's show are the ones that like I came up with from yesterday. I had no time to prepare. I just rolled out of bed and was like, all right, let's let's jump this jump. So that's where we're at. Um so first and foremost, how how about those A's, Dallas? You have that's the, right. First the, and foremost,
1: the, congratulations the to Jordan Diaz.
2: Yeah. Jordan Diaz. Yeah. He, that's right. Everyone knows him.
1: Yep. Everyone loves him. What number him. is and he? If, if they don't know him, they're gonna love him. What's his number? That's that's right. What number he, is the, he? Wearing? The one the one on his back. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
2: jordan diaz three home run game at yankee stadium a's win seven to five easy
1: Mm. well no i mean that's not look the wins and losses jared again those kind of you know it's about learning let those yeah if you want to let those drive the storyline that's one thing if if you're all about you know cool moments then that's a completely Mm -hmm. different thing and that's what yeah i'm here to talk about today is jordan diaz's cool moments number three Three, three, of, the 32. Runs. three of the home runs. Where can you get can you? Do they sell Jordan Diaz jerseys? Got Oakland. Yeah, you got to go to Coliseum. the g- game used uh, authentication shop at the Coliseum. They'll probably mm-hmm. help you out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Did, whose jerseys do that? That's a great question. Whose jerseys do they sell at the Coliseum? Do they just sell like Ricky Henderson jerseys?
1: They have all sorts of game used jerseys from a <laughs> lot of different players from yesteryear. <laughs> year. <laughs>
2: Like there's no way that they sell active player jerseys at the Coliseum, right?
1: I'll put it I'll put it like this. Uh the guy out in Redfield, <laughs> Redfield Will, that dude, uh-huh. that dude has as many jerseys as the game used authentication shop has. Because it, like they sell some of those, like Ryan Buchter jerseys. Yeah. They sell Ryan Bookter jerseys. <laughs> really?
2: I'll get yeah. one because right I got love <laughs> Ryan Bookter. Wait, so it has a- to be it has
1: to be game used? No, but that so like what happens is you know they'll just go in and you wear a jersey, sweet, they'll take it out of your locker, throw an authentication sticker on it, go sell it, game used, and then you'll have another jersey in your locker.
0: But they can't they don't just print A's jerseys, they just they don't sell enough, so they just have to use the game used ones.
1: I don't know that that's why they would take that approach. I don't know that they um, have the resources to pump out jerseys on the on the ready like that. I mean, this isn't the ballpark in Arlington where or the Globe Life Field, excuse me, Globe Life Park, where they have an actual jersey printing press right there. Like you walk in, order your jersey, yani, and then it'll be done for you by the end of the game. Well, we, that's pretty cool. That is yeah. Cool.
2: That's pretty cool. Joe, if you could if you could get a jersey, any jersey, um, what jersey would it be? And it can't be someone from the
0: Braves. Well, probably probably Otani, Brent Rooker,
1: Brent Rooker. Okay,
0: (laughs) I'd get a John Fisher. John Fisher. (laughs) Yeah. Ben Verlander. Yeah. Um, What your what? what, what, Ben Verlander, Japan.
2: Yeah, I was going to say like what? What jersey would it be? It could be a Tigers jersey. It could be his college jersey, or it could be a Team Japan jersey.
0: Yeah, I would go. I would have to go to Japan. Team I, Japan. Almost, I almost bought a game used Japan jersey. I was looking at those. I saw a large new bar. Oh. I was like, Ooh. You
1: That's see the Shohei jersey? How much? Yeah, yeah going we talked for? about
0: it.
1: Yeah, we talked about it, right?
0: No, but it went from way more than that. It went like 120 grand, I think.
1: Yeah. And what was Trout's going for?
0: I think his sold for like 10 grand. Hmm. Mm. I mean, if you're Mike Child, don't you just like buy it back so you have like a little memento?
1: Hey, you know what? I'd be you. surprised at how many dudes do that. Well, buy back their own shit. Yeah, I did that with my
2: uh my like, Allen cool and Ginter guys,
1: card. Is what I was saying. Like you know, like yeah, <laughs> <but>
2: yeah. <clears throat> I had I had a uh, <clears throat> Tops Allen and Ginter baseball card that was a one of one. It was made out of wood. And I was like, I want that. So I literally got in a bidding war with this dude on eBay, uh, Chris. And he obviously didn't know that he was in a bidding war against me. He won it. (laughs) And then I tweeted. I was like, fuck, like, I really wanted this card. And he ended up uh, reaching out and being like, well, obviously, I didn't know that it was you that I was bidding against. So I bought it from him for what he won it for. And he sent it to me, but it was like a one of one, like the minis. Mm-hmm. So he put together like a strip of like the five, like the whole set of like yeah. minis, and he sent me that for the
0: for the price of the wood one. It was cool.
1: The the rainbow, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my my advice to guys who are collecting is to make it part of your deal. If you collect and you're a player. I would make it part of your deal. Every time you sign a deal to be a part of a set, tell them, I want my rainbow, which means you will get your one of one super factor. So yeah, if people agree to this, if companies agree to do that, yeah, that means that nobody's getting a one of one <laughs> but you get your one of one your one-of-five, your one-of-10, your one-of-25, your one-of-50, your one-of-99, like whatever it goes to. Like whatever the parallel set you're a part of, I would I would be negotiating that, absolutely. Well, like, yeah, this is part I mean of the deal. like not, whatever.
2: There's there's I mean if you're a baseball player, you can't negotiate your one of one. My ass, <laughs> that's a
0: scam. That's a scam, bro. What, if someone's going buying all these packs trying to get the one of one, they don't know that that's already been given away for free. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's not been given away for free. Uh, it's but been negotiated.
0: Yeah not free. But you know what I mean. They're just dangling yeah. a carrot that doesn't exist. It's kind yeah.
1: of Oh, well, you know, that would really suck if that ever happened in this life, wouldn't it? That would be fucking unfortunate. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, there's no one that was dying for my one of one, but I was I was like, yeah, fuck, you. of course I want the one of one. One day you'll learn Joe. One day one day you'll you'll have a a top's baseball card and uh and Jake as well. And we'll just that'll be the set that everyone wants to collect. <laughs> Do they still put out like new they they must, right? They put out new Dallas Braden cards in in 2023? No?
1: Uh I don't I don't know if it's going to be this year or not. I'm not sure. Okay.
2: Like they have to put out like anniversary cards for like the perfect game and like just like I want, like is, there's got to be like a baseball card of you like kicking the Gatorade cups off your own
1: head. <laughs> I wish there was. If there was, I would own it. Trust me.
2: There I, was- I guarantee you that if if we get the movement going, that we'll get the Gatorade cup card.
1: Well, I, I in circulation. If, yeah, the 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 Gatorade cup card that that would that's not for Mother's Day. That's from me yelling at fucking <clears throat> F Rod, um,
2: Alex Rodriguez, A Rod. You said. <laughs> So future would, owner of the Oakland Ace.
1: That would be the uh yeah, you know what? Here, how about this? If if that card gets generated,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I happen to have a get a piece off of the my Cup? mound. I happen to have a get off my mound t-shirt with an autograph of Alex Rodriguez on that t-shirt and uh I'd be willing to do a little giveaway. Mm. Mm. So if that card gets generated, I will give away one of my get off my mound shirts that has Alex Rodriguez's autograph on it. He signed
2: it. How did you get that autograph?
1: We don't need to go into detail. Just know that I've got <laughs> multiple of those. <laughs>
2: okay. Interesting.
1: Shout out Robinson <clears throat> <Cannell>. um,
2: <laughs> Uh Robinson Cano, uh, Joe, you've got some explaining to do, buddy yeah, you've got some explaining to do because the baseball season's in full swing, whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player Draftking's sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action, and right now new customers can place a five dollar bet and get one hundred dollar one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly plus everyone can hit one out of the park with Draftking's stepped up same game parlays, boost your winnings with each leg you add up to one hundred percent on Mondays. Baseball is dead puts together a parlay. We did our first one this past Monday. Jared.
1: Jay did a leg.
2: Dallas did a leg. Joey did a leg. I did a leg. Jake did not do a leg because the Red Sox didn't play that night. It was an off night. Everyone hit.
1: Mm. Except, except for Joe, wow, we
2: wow. get it. Bro. Everyone hit except I, for
1: Joe. I
0: got one wrong. Who gives a fuck? Only reason you <laughs> didn't, only reason you didn't get it wrong is because the Red Sox weren't playing that day. They played the Braves the next day. You were gonna bet on the Red Sox. You and Jake were both gonna be fucking wrong. No, I wasn't. Yes, you. Well, you can't anytime I
2: do a part, anytime I put a parlay out there, I very rarely use the Red Sox.
1: Look, what's getting lost yeah. in. All of this is that it was the Oakland A's that carried the fucking weight of the parlay. That's what's getting lost on all of this. The green and gold put the group on their back and fucking delivered. Ruiz did everything he could to run us to the finish line. Brent Ruger did everything he could to bang us to the finish line. And Mm -hmm. Joseph. What the fuck?
2: Yeah, what the fuck, dude?
1: Our users, Joe, our friends, our (laughs) listeners, folks that are interested in our opinions and maybe, just maybe being able to get them a little extra candle on their child's birthday cake this year, and right. you are getting in the way of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why don't we just blame the um, Mariners? That's really their fault. I mean, the guy, Logan Gilbert, had a fucking perfect game through, what, seven, and they still lost? It's bullshit. Mm. I had the read. I had the read. In the betting world, that's what we say. You had the read. You, had a, you picked the team that had a pitcher
1: who had a perfect game in the seventh. You expect to win it. You didn't. But is it? Is it? What have I told you guys? That's why baseball is the most difficult sport to bet on. Is because it is shit like that. You just don't know. You just don't know. Like what's going to happen today? Really? That that is going to happen today? That's why mm-hmm. I don't fucking win. Like that's <laughs> that's how baseball feels. <clears throat>
2: Anyways, join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app. Sign up with the promo code Jared J A R E D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Um, Yeah, that was, I don't want to say unforgivable, <laughs> but don't let it happen again. Don't Listen, let man. that shit happen again.
0: If I lose another bet, mm-hmm. I'll suspend myself because it's unacceptable. You're right. It is unacceptable.
2: Only, only if you like, if if if, especially if Jake participates and we go four for five, and you're the leg that loses.
0: Well, that was kind of my point. It's like that would never, ha- that wouldn't have happened since well, if we saw what happened yesterday in the Braves Red Sox game. Probably would have mm-hmm. bet the Red Sox. I don't know. Maybe Jake wouldn't have bet the Red Sox. We don't know. We don't know for sure.
2: I think if I know Jake, <laughs> I think he probably would have bet. Masataka Yoshida to get a hit, but which he didn't. But that happened on Tuesday. I think he would have gotten a hit on Monday.
1: You know what this this parlay is going to do? What? This parlay is going to divide us. No, 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 no. Well, I'm thinking about me specifically because I I don't know that there's a better place to Uh. land for me specifically than just telling you that Ruiz is going to steal a bag every Monday. Every Monday in the big leagues this season, Estuary Ruiz will be stealing a base. (laughs) That's that's what this is teaching me. Because what you don't want to be is the dude in the lineup who doesn't get the hit. Your whole team is just fucking raking the pitcher, and you're the guy in the lineup who's fucking 0 for 4, been punched out twice looking like, what what the fuck are you doing? Nobody is fucking this up, Joe. Nobody's fucking this up. Everybody's got to. Everybody's got to read, huh? We're communicating back into the this dugout. parlay could
0: could tear this podcast apart.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm just gonna start betting.
0: Joe. I'm just gonna start betting whatever Dallas bets. That way, we go down as a unit. You know, I don't like being singled out like this. I'm betting Ruiz stealing <laughs> Ruiz. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well. Good luck. Good luck next
2: week. Um, I, I hope that you do better. No one else personally had to do better. Everyone did great, except for you. Um, Little standings update on a Wednesday. The Tampa Bay Rays still don't have double-digit losses, even though they lost last night. They're twenty-nine and eight. They're nineteen and three at home. They're ten and five on the road. They are the only team with a run differential that has eclipsed one hundred. They have a plus one sixteen run differential. The Baltimore Orioles still hanging tough at 23 and 13. I want to say that is. Yeah. The Baltimore Orioles would be in first place in every division except for their own and the uh, NL East. East. Yeah. The Baltimore Orioles just hanging in there. Fuck. Uh, even though they've beaten the Oakland A's in two that. straight, the which doesn't birds. matter, doesn't is really count. To? Uh, the New York Yankees are sitting comfortably in last place right now. Still, <clears throat> Carlos Correa <clears throat> of the Minnesota Twins, who have lost three straight. This team, uh, 19 and 17, one of the most pathetic divisions in baseball, the AL Central. Every other team is negative. Uh, the Guardians, the Tigers, who have played well. Of late, uh, ish, uh, the White Sox have played better. Like the White Sox, are their last ten, they're six and four. People don't talk about that enough. They were ready to pull the plug on the Chicago White Sox. They're <laughs> battling back at thirteen and twenty-four. Uh, the Tigers, they're they're a, they're a they're a sweep away from uh, being five hundred. The Guardians can't score runs to save their goddamn life. They are the worst run scoring team in their division, yet somehow are in second place by the grace of God. Uh, but Carlos Correa said, addressed the booze." <clears throat> he said, uh, he's like, I'd be booing me too based on how I'm playing for how much I'm getting paid. And that's an honest response from a not honest man. And I can respect that. I can respect that. For the start that the Texas Rangers had to begin the year, 21 and 14, a plus 81 run differential, that's second best in baseball. You'd think that they'd be sitting pretty... And the AL West, well, no, they're not. The Angels, the Uh, Angels are in second place just two games back in this
1: division. This is why I said at the beginning of the season, this division was going to be the division to keep an eye on outside of, I get it, what's going on in the East right now because what we're talking about, there's going to be five teams. Look, that's, no, no. Tampa, Baltimore, can Toronto get their shit together? Aside from there, Boston, New York, Right now,
2: did you just say eh, about Boston?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I.
2: I Why sure are you well, watching that's... the games? I, I uh
1: here and they're there. twenty-one and sixteen. Yeah, they, they got the same record as the Toronto Blue Jays, who we've been talking about. If they can get it together, and can they can they close the gap between them and the Rays, right. them and the Orioles? Well, so I mean, Boston, they're they're, they're quietly plugging along right now. Sure. Quietly plugging along.
2: There's right. nothing quiet about it. They're the hottest team in baseball and <laughs> n- nothing's quiet about it. I don't I even to Joe's point about the uh Braves being boring, they're not boring, but like they've already won. The NL East is <laughs> over. <laughs> the NL East is
0: over already. Like, Just do you disagree else. with that? I, I stopped watching last week. I haven't watched the Braves game in nine days. Why would you what, are you doing what, what do you do with What do you do with your time? Have like Watching Orioles. I'm, oh. a, I'm Orioles. You know, I like. I got my fills. You know. Yeah. I you got some teams. Yeah, but the Braves at this point, yeah, it's boring as fuck. I mean, I watched first. I saw Acuna get lead off single yesterday. I said, all right, time to turn it. It's over. <laughs> Way <to> go. <laughs> he called it after the lead off single. Yeah.
2: The AL, uh, the
1: AL West, there's, there's, like, in, whoa! In all you just skipped
2: a whole division. You, hey, there's rules we, here, dude. What, what are you what doing? Division?
1: What division?
0: We're still in the fucking first team in the NL East.
1: Yeah. We, we, what? What else is there to talk about?
2: <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, not really. Uh, not really much. I mean, yeah, we'll get to some some Mets news and notes. The New York Mets have lost again on this stretch of dog shit teams. They lost to the Cincinnati Reds. They've lost three straight games. They're 17 and 19. What, the Philz and the Mets have gotten off to nightmare start 17 and 19. The both of them, they're eight games back of the Atlanta Braves. And I, I guess let me ask you this, Dallas. Is it possible to start pressing in the second week of May? Like, how good the Braves are does that make other teams perform worse because they're like fuck uh, like it, we got to win tonight because we can't we can't be 10 games back in may like are or how good the Braves are impacting the play of the other teams in the division uh
1: yes and no believe it or not that can be the same answer at the same time yes why because it's like okay hey look <laughs> the bar has clearly been set right don't know that this is going to be slowing down much from what we're seeing right now. And if that's the case, we are now looking at a sustained level of play that we're probably not going to be able to keep up with. So does that mean that we just completely give up on any sort of divisional aspirations? No, you you can't do that. Why? Well, because it's may, but then you say to yourself, Hey, look, it's may. And If we're the Miami Marlins, if we're the Mets, if we're the Phillies, we're seven and a half, eight games out right now, and it's only May. So what does that mean? It's a a two-series streak where things don't go well for the Braves, and they do go well for us. So let's say we go on the road trip for a little six-gamer, and we come off that thing five and one. That right there is a great week that helps us close the gap, and that can happen. Why can it happen? Because the Braves are having those kinds of weeks, right? What are they? They've fucking eight and two over their last ten games. What's preventing the Miami Marlins, the Mets, and the Phillies from going on a very similar run like that when the Braves maybe hit a lull, when the Braves play 500 over a two-week period? So you don't think that that can happen right now because of the separation you're seeing so early. But that's why we always use the same cliche. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint, because this same moment can happen in the opposite effect a month and a half from now. And now things come crashing back down to earth. The gap is closed. And now all of a sudden it's not over in May. So you don't want the the pace horse, if you will, to scare you out of the race. You you gotta run your race still. You just don't want to see the Braves turn into fucking secretariat. That would be bad news. And that's essentially kinda of, kind of where I think people feel like this is going. Is they're about to get out to a fucking 30 plus like <laughs> has not good that's that's definitely what's gonna happen like
2: at what like you've got charlie morton who's just dominating uh i'm trying to find the like we the would last have to look 162 in, for the braves
1: you'd have to look into the schedules i mean this could be an interesting dive and you're right like if we had more time to prepare for this this would be something that i think i would have done um, but go in and look at the schedules for all of the other teams in the division and look at those two shots. Oh chunks. Look at the 10-game stretches <clears throat> where you could see the Braves faltering and any one of these other three teams, Mets, <clears throat> Marlins, or Phils, making noise and closing the gap.
2: That would be an right interesting
1: now. exercise.
2: The Atlanta Braves. What do you think? How many wins do you think they have over their last – 162
0: games. 110.
1: I was going to say 109. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> how many?
0: The Ooh, Atlanta
2: Braves are 110 and 52 over their last 162 games. Yeah, it's
0: unwatchable. Why would you even turn that shit on? <clears throat> games I mean, are over before they start. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's... well, well how, how do we what Dallas was the, saying uh, earlier about about the schedule is like I didn't look at the schedule I don't know but you got to assume with the new schedule like the the last 10-15 games the Mets have played have been against dog shit teams nationals Tigers Rockies you know like there's not probably an easier stretch than that they're going to have the rest of the season you got to assume it's going to get harder so to do this bad against those teams it really hurts really really hurts like they're yeah, they're is- they're right now. There's they got like a they got a 54 percent chance to make the playoffs according to Fangraphs. The
1: Mets, who are the yeah. Braves or oh the Mets, no the, the Mets, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the Braves think they Gakes are in Rasky, They're 5. in their
2: like <laughs> gimme part of the schedule, and they've won yeah, like no, the, one the, game.
1: For the Mets to not be able to handle business against those teams <clears throat> during this stretch, that would be part of the schedule that you could identify for them as saying this is where they can make up ground but it's may and that's the whole point is who knows what the team looks like right scherzer scratch with the fucking neck johnny you got verlander who's just a start back into his season it could it's get good. late very quickly <clears throat>
0: it's tough to be to uh this is an interesting thing though like if you went in defense of the mets this time last year this date last year the mets We're winning the division by seven games. So it's about the same as where the Braves, where they're at right now. But you switch them. Braves ended up winning last year. This time, the division leaders this time last year were the Yankees didn't win the division. The Twins didn't win the division. The Angels didn't win the division. The Mets didn't win the division. The Brewers didn't win the division and the Dodgers.
1: Well, go back to what? 19 when the fucking Nats won. What were they eighteen and twenty-three or whatever the fuck in the middle of May? Yeah. Like they were a lot of time left. They were not good at all. And then a turnaround happened. And they're like, you know what? We're just I think we're just gonna play a little bit better from like here on out till the very last (laughs) game of the season.
2: Did any of those teams have a
0: seven and a half game lead or better?
1: Over Uh, that
0: No. No, no. Just the Mets had a seven game lead just yeah all right so close enough but they're also the mets yeah and it's also the the scherzer stuff like you got to be really worried about that like it's you know i hate the mets more than anybody but to like see what's going on with scherzer like it's like i don't like to see that like i love scherzer as much as i fucking hate the mets you know people might not believe it but i do like scherzer to see him just continuously miss starts and then when well, he is pitching, like he's done it past years where he's missed starts, but also been able to battle through this year.
1: hasn't been that. Yeah. I, I don't want to see that happen to him in a Mets uniform. Cause it almost feels like it's the Mets uniform. That's going to do that to him. <laughs> like, like just that bad luck type of vibe, like fuck, really? Like this had to happen with him in a Mets uniform. Like <laughs> it just like, the baseball gods can be fucking evil, evil at times. Yeah. Evil.
2: You're also tempting the baseball gods by saying, I want to play out my last couple holes here as a Met.
0: And for 40, 43 million dollars. Yeah. I broke that down yesterday on Twitter. The Mets are paying Verlander and Scherzer. Eighty six million dollars this year. Two pitchers. Mm -hmm. They have a five ERA five plus. The. Tampa Bay Rays, entire pitching staff, 14 pitchers, 22 million. One fourth, every pitcher on their roster. <laughs> and they have the best pitchers and the best staff in the league have a 2.9. I just, I can't even like, I, I'm not going
2: to compare anyone to the Rays. They're just, they're doing something different. They're doing something that we don't know what they're doing. And that's why you got teams like the Red Sox trying to get their nerds because no they like, know what they're doing. They've got the People, they've got the Krabby patty secret sauce and I don't they,
1: they know what they're doing. And other teams know what they're doing. It's just a matter of Do they? Cuz no one else is even fucking coming
2: close to the success that they have with the with the uh resources that they have.
1: They they're look uh there's, there's certain levels of what teams are willing to do. You need the resources to be able to do some of these things as well. But when you listen to what Joey just said, the main resource seems to be one that everybody has, which is money. You mean to tell me the Tampa Bay Rays are the only team in baseball that can identify quality and productive arms at that pay scale? They're the only yes. teams. Yes. And, that, and that's just who else does it. No, that, it's what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do. That's that is the difference. That is the difference. Put it like mean, this, like man. The- there's a lot of guys that end up in that organization that never get to the big leagues because of what's being asked and told of them in an effort to get to the big leagues. And then when they get to the big leagues, and things things don't work out early, or maybe there's some physical issues that take place. Roll in the next dude. Roll in the next. Yeah,
2: dude. I, I I, don't know. I, I would love to see a case study on how they go about their business, because it obviously starts at the lowest, lowest levels. Like they have uh, had a plan in place for a long time. Like this isn't just something where a light bulb goes off. And one executive is like, all right, we're going to start doing it this way. And then two months later, they're churning out all these uh, fantastic pitchers that do all kinds of crazy shit. What, like what, it is something that they put in place a long time ago, and they've essentially created this conveyor belt of talent that they've just been churning out guys for for years now. <laughs> but it took a long time to to get there.
1: You, what it what it what they do better than just about every organization is the continuity of the messaging. What you're hearing in a ball to get you to the big leagues is what you hear in double a it's what you do in triple a the continuity of the messaging because sometimes that's not the case as you work your way through the minor league system to the big leagues you might get bits of info here bits of info there asking you to do one thing at this level asking you to do something different at this level and there might not be a ton of communication between everybody in charge well This entire organization is on the same page when it comes to that stuff, the exact same page. And it's from the lowest level of the minor leagues all the way up to the big leagues. That's something that a lot of organizations struggle to do. So when we're going through scouting reports in a ball, is that the same as when you get to double A? Maybe you have more resources for you in double A. Is that the same as triple A? So that's the difference between. What they do and a lot of other teams do, the continuity of the messaging and the preparation is very similar every step of the way. That can't be said for every organization.
0: It's insane because if you look at their pitching, they they lead in every pitching category and they have three starters, Mm -hmm. three starters right now, according to roster resource. I don't know what they're doing to make up for that. And they Mm -hmm. also have Shane Baz injured out for the season. Tyler Glass now injured and Jeffrey Springs injured like three Mm -hmm. of the guys who were supposed to be the guys injured doesn't fucking matter. And and if you if you their strategy, if you watch their bullpen, every guy comes out of the bullpen throws like I don't like like no one's ever thrown for like they invented like their arm angle is (laughs) like it's insane. They all they're weirdos.
1: Well, how long uh, that's why I've been saying this for forever. Right. And then they came out with it like they have they have a fucking shirt that has all of their pitchers arm angles, And like the idea is executing and working like a clock. And back to the continuity of messaging. You know what you do well, or at least you know what they think you do well when you are in A-ball. So imagine getting to spring training and having a profile put together on you and you being explained to and told, this is what we need you to do, right? With your pitch profile, this is all we want to see out of you and you start getting deployed in a specific manner early on in your career. So you're facing certain guys that have certain swing paths that really have your stuff play up. Sometimes you're just in the game facing guys out of necessity. The Rays around every corner, try to make sure that the same guy that is on the mound is seeing different arms if possible. Like there's guys that, I'll roll him out like Fairbanks. Go get him, leverage guy, right? Like, we're gonna pick our spots, though. We're gonna pick our spots,
4: and, they and, do and very, that's very another well. guy
0: who hasn't pitched this year too, which is mm-hmm. even crazier. There's the guy who they've, you know, has been like their Fair best relief pitch this year. Well, he's injured right now. He's oh, yeah. sorry, he got injured yeah, at the yeah. end of April. Sorry, yeah. But it is weird. It's like it's like they see they're like if they see a pitcher who just looks like a freak. They're like, we'll, we'll just we'll put him in the game. Like they just look for freaks. Well, did you see with who they just picked up? Who,
2: fucking oh, Jake Deekman.
1: Deekman. Mm-hmm. That's I I DMed. I was like, bro, really? The fuck they needed your ass right now? Like, because like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Jake, Jake, J- if Jake Deakman shows up and pitches anywhere close to what he's capable of doing, that's un. It's gonna be unfair. It's a left-hander. He's not even throwing it out of right center. He is essentially pitching to you from the fucking right field foul line is what it feels yeah. like at times. That dude is coming from way yonder, and it's fuzzy. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's was he been ass
2: for, like, the last two-plus years, but his, what was it, 2020 that he yeah. was,
1: like, unhittable? Oh, and you want to know why? How about this, Joe? This will be funny. Uh, I dropped... We we did this thing where we put together, you know, we talked about what pitches we would want, whatever. And I was like, "Yo, give me fucking Chaz Rose slider, because that thing is absolutely disgusting." Jake Deakman finds Chaz Rose slider on the internet pitching ninja and is like, "I think I want that," and found it (laughs) and was just fucking (laughs) undressing people with it. So to your point about the Rays, it was a slider that he identified from a Ray. And was like, yeah, let me mix that one in, banger. And now he's now he's a part of the fucking squad.
0: Well, <laughs> guy, I found a slider on the internet. Guys, come on, put me in. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: but hey, and it fucking worked.
2: <laughs> Apparently, I mean, I, I I'm interested. I'm genuinely interested to see what they think they see in Diekman and what he becomes now that he's actually a part of that organization. I want to see if the secret sauce rubs off him because. <laughs> He was awful. I mean, it was mostly a control thing. Like that dude was all traffic all day. It was, uh, it was not pretty with the White Sox. It was not pretty with the Red Sox. Um, I think the Red Sox gave him like a two year deal and we're done with them after half a season. So, and then the the White Sox ate the the rest of it. They were like, yeah, no, we're we're good here, and they paid him to go away. So the Rays are like, sure, we'll take that. We'll pick up that <laughs> free tab and we'll see what he's
0: got. I'll tell yeah, you exactly I mean, just, what it is. Because the Rays, the Rays, every time one of their players does well or performs above the standard, they'll just trade them. And everyone's like, why the fuck would you trade your best player? They're about to trade half their roster at the deadline and break everyone's brain. Because every single player what, is a, like, they're just going to sell at the deadline.
2: Everyone's they're going like, to sell. They're going to have the best record in baseball and be sellers. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I'm, I'm, it's it's probably like, like
2: Ramirez. You think that that's fucking consistent? You think Yandy Diaz, like some of well, these guys that are well, hitting like 330 with an OPS over a
1: thousand? So here's the thing is they probably feel like they've got to your point about the secret sauce. They feel like, look, you're going to be they're going to be fine as long as they're here with us because of the positions we put them in. They're going to be fine based on the information we give them and the cues that we have identified that help these guys stay. Physically in positions to perform well, whether that's with their swing or with their mechanics on the mound. But if they go somewhere else, we know that they don't have the resources that they have here and they're going to struggle trying to get back on track. Because that is a real thing, my friend, to be with an organization that communicates well with you, that does take tabs on you physically and where you're at and has benchmarks to identify when shit's going wrong. Sometimes in real time, right? They'll have measurements that they're able to take where your hands are, where your feet are, whatever. You can line this stuff up based on the fixed cameras you have in-house. And if other places just don't have this stuff, that's one layer of assessment that you are now without. That's one layer of being able to help yourself that you don't have anymore. And if you go somewhere else and you don't have that, it might take a little while to get back to what you were doing when you were in the place that was able to tell you, hey, elbow right now, just a little lower than it is typically when we are able to get to this spin rate on our slider. Our extension right now, we're not as far out there as we typically are. So next half inning, let's think about that, right? Well, if you don't have those tools, we're not having those conversations. I'm just looking at you going, "Uh, fucking get it down, man. I don't know what to tell you right now.
4: <laughs> don't suck.
1: Bend your back. <laughs> you know? So. That that's that's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I didn't
2: even think about that. That's a really good point by Joe because I think that we probably will see a trade or two where we're like, wait, what? Why did they do that? And it'll just work out because it always does until they get to the postseason. Like they'll they'll <laughs> far and away have the best regular season record. I think that that's that's a uh, that's a lock. But um. Yeah, I don't know. Is, like before, we move on from from the Rays talk that I didn't even think we were going to land on here. We were just doing the standings update. Uh, do you think that this Rays roster is built to win a World Series? Because if what Joey's saying is true, and they've got three starters and a bunch of relievers where God knows what their roles are, it's a, all mixed and jumbled or whatever, and you have a bunch a bunch of overachieving guys in your lineup that uh has carried the Rays offense to being the best in major league baseball. I don't I'm not gonna ask you if it's sustainable because the answer is no. Like the like what they're doing offensively is not sustainable. But do you think that their roster as it exists right now is capable of winning a World Series title?
4: Mm.
1: Well, they tell you that you're going to need at least three starters in the World Series, right? You're going to you're going to mm. need. So they've got three. Um I always worry about a team that has to rely as heavily on their bullpen as the Rays do. But back to the Rays, do we really believe that they're only using a 10-man bullpen? I don't know what their transaction list looks like, but again, my guess is they've identified guys in AAA that are just basically in AAA right now because they're numbers guys. Meaning when someone starts to struggle a little bit, we'll bring up this person and plug them in because they're just as viable as an option as the guy we just sent down. And so you look at your AAA roster, as I've always talked about, as an extension of your bullpen because that is the area that you can do that in the big leagues. You can't look at your roster in AAA as far as players go, position players go, and think, "Oh yeah, we've we've got an extra bench player on our on our bench in AAA." That's not how that works. That guy needs regular at bats, even if he's not getting them. the The flexibility isn't as such as it is with a just random left hander in your bullpen, you know. So, for instance, if uh, Colin Poche for whatever reason starts to struggle, and they like what they're seeing from Jake Deakman, come on down.
2: Um for the record, the Rays bullpen has thrown 10 more innings than any other team in baseball. Makes sense. So. Makes sense. Uh Dallas has to go soon, but I wanted to uh I wanted to hit this story really quick cuz I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. Um this is from Bill Plunket, Plunketo did he delete this tweet or no uh, I had the fucking tweet saved did he goddamn delete his tweet he did what a loser what a loser anyways uh I can paraphrase it I, that's really odd that he would delete that tweet um it was about how what ho, what was the name of the hotel the Fister oh how much yeah,
1: beds doesn't want to
2: stay in the Fister yeah, and why he deleted that tweet? Whoever reported
0: that—that
2: that is lame. Maybe, oh, maybe it's because like the the tweet was going viral, and he wanted to he wanted to write about it and have his article go viral. That's not how it fucking works, Bill
0: Plunkett. I, I bet I'm it's because he he just key doxed the Dodgers and Mookie Betts gave out where they're staying, and <laughs> that's I, I that uh, might be it. That could be it as well.
2: Everybody
1: knows Uh, where you're
0: staying. Yeah.
2: So anyways, uh, Dodgers Mookie Betts avoids haunted Milwaukee hotel by staying in an Airbnb. Betts says he doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts, but he doesn't want to find out the hard way if he's wrong. (laughs) Uh, I love this move by Mookie because that's a smart man. There's, there's too many movies about ghosts. There's too many books about ghosts. There's too many myths about ghosts. There's too much smoke for there not to be fire. And if you're going to stay at a hotel that everyone tells you is haunted, a smart man will say, I don't need to see the ghost to start to take action. I don't need to see the ghost with my own two eyes to book an Airbnb with me and some of my friends so that I'm not in the, in the spooky hotel. So... I I commend Mookie Betts for this. You can say that you're skeptical. I know people say, well, it doesn't make sense. Why would you stay somewhere else if you don't believe in ghosts? Because Mookie knows where there's smoke, there's fire. And he did not want to participate in any type of uh, haunted hotel. I, I agree. I mean, I think it's I I I personally, I like the ghost stuff, but Mookie Betts making a veteran move there. Dallas, Do you have any thoughts before we get out of here?
1: He's got to be proactive. You got to be proactive in stuff like this. You do not want to. You don't want to fuck around with the spirit world, man. You just don't. You know what I'm Mm. saying?
2: Never seen a ghost before.
1: Let them do their thing. Uh, I don't know. Can't confirm. I've seen. I've seen a lot of weird shit. Uh I, I feel. I feel. Yeah. I feel like I've seen some questionable things. I was going
0: to say, the over-under of the g- amount of ghosts Dallas has seen is at least six. This guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy is constantly in an altered state
2: of mind. So he's, I've seen been, some he's been seeing. Things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just, all right. Uh, well, good luck today, Dallas. Go A's. That's right.
1: That's right. A salvage the series today, baby. That's right. Yeah. Yankees are going to be
2: throwing out an abomination of a lineup today. So if you can't win today, you guys should secede from the league.
1: That's not true. We're going to be joking. Okay.
2: That. All right. Enjoy the game. Um yeah, I've I've apparently apparently I've seen a ghost when I was a kid and also my apartment at Fenway last year was very much haunted. And I can't remember if I told those stories on this podcast or if it was name redacted. Do you remember, Jake? I think it was name redacted. Okay. Yeah, my my apartment was haunted and I just didn't care. I just stayed. Like there were there were like four or five uh, haunted happenings that took place. And I just was like, yeah, you know, my apartment's haunted. Like it was it was a ghost that was like fucking with me. It wasn't like an angry demon ghost that was trying to physically harm me. There it was a ghost that like like if your friend died and could haunt you, that's what they would do. They would just like move shit around and fuck with you. Like that's what happened at that apartment. That's fine with it. We welcome
4: in Jay Hay. Hey. Hey, Jay Hay. What's up, pal? Timed it, per- Timed it perfectly. Dallas gets the hell out of here. I pop in. Yep, Real show can yep. start. Love it. Love it.
2: Yep. Made a trade. <laughs> Dallas for Jay Hay. Offloaded some uh, high price
4: salary for just the best bargain in the biz.
2: That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, You ever seen a ghost before, Jay Hay?
4: No. And I have a take on the Mookie thing. Um, Please. I think if... It's if it's nationally known that a place is haunted, it's no longer haunted. The really truly haunted places, we don't know about, or very few know about. They're just trying to cashier uh, in on. It's like those old. It's like when you go out west to like Nevada, that's not Las Vegas, and they've got those like old shanty silver mine towns, you know, that are supposedly yeah. haunted. It's like ah, eh, they're just they're just getting you in there for your buck. You know, and that's what I think the Fister Hotel is all about at this point. Uh I'm mm. not buying that it's haunted and um I would stay there. I would podcast from there overnight. We could do an overnight kind of <laughs> pod marathon if you want and yeah. that would certainly give us an opportunity to document any encounters with apparitions or ghosts or whatever freaks we might encounter in that hotel.
2: Yeah, I have no fear of things like that. Like if you're going to tell me that a hotel is haunted that is still in use. I'll go there t- 10 times out of 10, a thousand times out of a thousand, but where there becomes like a uh, actual, I don't want to say fear, but caution mm-hmm. would be, oh, we're going to go to this old mental hospital at midnight. Are you coming? And like, well, there might be a fucking crackhead in there on meth that stabs you in the throat because they think that you're trying to kill them. It's like there's real danger in places like that. Sure, but that's
4: not but, uh, uh, um, a a meth user camping out somewhere is not is not haunted. Right.
2: No, no. But I'm saying at least like, not in the traditional I would, sense, I yeah. would be afraid of real life things sure. in a okay. place like that. Okay. But it's like it, this This hotel is up and running. So like, no, I'm not afraid of like a, a ghost that would come in here. I totally understand as, your concern. As,
4: I'm afraid of the dark. Yeah.
2: So yeah, as someone who has lived amongst ghosts and didn't <laughs> complain, didn't care, like multiple ghost happenings. Like, so I there like I'll explain because someone actually asked on Twitter, like what happened? Um, It was the first week that I was there. and I'm trying to explain it the best way that I can. So if you, if like if you walk into my bathroom, it was rectangular shaped, the long way left to right. So the door was on the right hand side. I, like if if you walk in the bathroom, to your left is like the sink area, and then on the on the far end is the toilet. This, I, I can. And, this sounds haunted. And the there was a toilet paper roll that if you're sitting on the toilet is to your right connected to the, the sink area, the toilet paper was on the floor to the, to the right of the sink area where the door is. So that would have to mean that the toilet paper came off the roll, went down (laughs) the bathroom and then took a right it just physically was not possible. And no one had been in my apartment. So that was the first thing. There was another night where a couple of buddies of mine were over and we were just like watching baseball. And uh, they went to go leave. And I started like shutting all the lights off. I was getting ready to go to bed. And I kept like, I was, like, had been there for like a couple of months at that point. But I didn't know wh- what all the light switches were and what they meant. So I was like looking out at the deck. And I kept flicking these switches. I was like, why won't the deck light go off? And then I went in my bedroom, and there's a light switch in the bedroom. And I flicked that off. And that was the light to the deck. No one had been in my bedroom. No one like, no one was in my bedroom at any point. And that was the only light switch that goes to the deck. Uh, there was another time <laughs> where I took off my Apple Watch
4: Sounds like and put it on the
2: table. But, okay. Yeah. Nope put oh. put my put my Apple Watch on the table and it just started sliding across the table.
4: Um, that to me is more likely to be high level surveillance than. <laughs> um, I was thinking
0: the same thing. Yeah. Then, then your place being haunted.
4: Yeah, like that. Apple's like got their talons in you, basically. Mm. Um, well, or the government yeah. via Apple. I don't know. They're probably listening right now. I would assume they are. They're definitely
0: listening. Right it's now. the goddamn betting commission, dude. They're trying to catch mm-hmm. you doing some shady betting shit.
4: Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. dude, they're all over people.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. By the way, Jay Hayes, do you have any comments about uh, Joey ruining our parlay?
4: Um, well, I'm going to take the long view because I want this parlay venture to be successful. And I think it would be bad form to come down too hard on starting out over one. So mm-hmm. I have confidence in Joey's acumen, and I think, uh, I think this is going to be very, very um, successful. Three out of four in the you first one. So? You should get some money for that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hopefully, some I people were, pl- were following live and maybe cashed out if they offered that option. Um, yeah.
2: We'd love to hear. It's some. like Keno. Like, if you play like a 12 spot, you still get money if you hit seven or something like that.
4: And we're doing that once per week. Is that the deal?
2: Every Monday, okay, yeah. Every Monday, we'll formulate the the parlay on the podcast. Um, Jake will be involved moving forward. We just kind of happened right. to debut on a Red Sox off day.
4: <clears throat> is so, Jake? Maybe you can't tell me yet, but is your element always going to be Red Sox focused?
0: Um, it'll probably usually have something to do with the Red Sox. Yeah. Nice. All right. It's not quite no it's not and Jake, quite. it's really more about where the value is. It's not really about yeah. picking one team. It's kind of <laughs> looking right. at the field objectively and picking where the value is. But it All could right. be the Red Sox a lot. You know? So there's always there's always value in the Sox. I think there's always value in the Sox.
4: I think we should just pencil Dallas's pick in as Ruiz getting a steal every time. He because, literally said that earlier. Oh, did he? Because if he ventures too far <laughs> off of that on the Oakland roster, I'm going to start to get very nervous. Um, I think that is the <laughs> yeah. answer for him. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: He he openly admitted that that's going to be his pick every Monday. That's funny. <laughs> Which is fair. I mean, like sure. yeah, the the odds seem to be in his favor. Um
4: sometimes you hit the but, answer right away. And I think that's what Yeah. It yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh we did talk about Max Scherzer a little tiny bit. Yeah. Um there's there, there's a lot of there's a lot of Mets topics today and I I'm sure that Mets fans are sitting there being like what are you going to shit on us for next and you're correct. <laughs> None of them are good. Uh Max Scherzer scratched with neck spasms. Jay, hey, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean can I say that I I almost hope that this is the reason for some of his struggles early on this season? Like I don't know if they announced as part of that when he started ex- uh experiencing these symptoms, but um you know, if you want to take a silver lining look at this, Maybe this has been nagging at him a little bit all season, and maybe that's part of why he has been less effective. And, um, you know, we've talked about the homers and the overall lack of effectiveness this season, uh, plenty on this podcast. So that that would be my hope if I'm a Mets fan, that, that he gets this because neck spasms, you know, whatever, that's something you can put behind you, hopefully pretty soon. Um, and then he gets back to being Max Scherzer, because as we've laid out, the alternative is actually a lot uglier, uh, that he's just old now and not as good um so that, that i guess that's my reaction that's a silver lining look by you to try I Try, yeah that and it, you know what i mean i've been pretty sober about the whole scherzer thing i've i've laid out the bad numbers on a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. as they've gotten worse so i'm not trying to be pollyanna-ish about this but i do think no that that's I, a possible angle well, none of
2: us yeah. made that connection none of us none of us were like hey, maybe these neck spasms didn't just pop up out of nowhere. (laughs) None of us were like, oh, man, like on top of sucking. Now his neck hurts, too. (laughs) (laughs) So it is entirely possible that uh, the neck spasms or issues have been plaguing him uh, prior to us finding out about it. That is entirely possible, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that perspective. The NL
1: East is over.
2: I think one of the other things that we didn't That's hit true. on in our last episode that does deserve some attention is Matt Harvey retired.
4: Yeah. I'm glad you're bringing this up actually.
2: Yeah. So Matt Harvey is 30. Mm, you can't, I don't think he's older than me. Matt Harvey. He's my age. Okay. So he's 34. Um. Once upon a time, Matt Harvey went by a nickname. Of the dark night. And he was a 24-year-old spry uh, whippersnapper that came up in the Mets organization. And in that season of 2013, he threw 178 and a third innings with a 201 FIP to lead the league. Finished fourth for Cy Young. Had a 227 ERA. And 191 strikeouts good for a 9.6 strikeouts per nine with an 0 th uh 93 whip. And this would be in his first full season in the big leagues, his only all-star appearance. And that's not to say that uh he wouldn't be good in a in a season again, no, because he did miss the entire twenty fourteen season. What was that? The thoracic whatever out outlet syndrome.
4: No, that was Tom. Wasn't that Tommy John? And then thoracic uh, came after the World Series stuff. After the World Series, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, he just had good old. So he misses Tommy. the
2: entire. Yeah, TJ clipped him. Uh, came back in 2015, made 29 starts through a career high, 189 and a third innings with a 2.71 ERA. Uh, the 101 whip and 8.9 strikeouts per nine. Um, this season was also worthy, very much worthy of all star consideration. No all star, uh, no Cy Young votes this year, no all star selection. But this was the year that the New York Mets went to the postseason, ended up in the World Series, and Matt Harvey, um, he pitched in the uh, the game. Uh, he pitched in the series against the Dodgers, the Cubs, and then there was the infamous uh, what was that? Game six against the Royals, or no?
4: That did they win in five? Yeah, they won in five, and like almost all of the games, or all of the games were very, very close. Um, it yeah. felt like a much tighter was- series than it ended up being.
2: Yeah, game five of the World Series. Matt Harvey goes eight innings, five hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. And uh, it was a game that the Kansas City Royals won. Uh, but this was, uh, this was the Noah Syndergaard, Jacob DeGrom, Steven Matz, um, Matt Harvey rotation. Like this was, this was the rotation that was supposed to win not one, not two, not three multiple championships with the New Year. And looking back on it, it is kind of crazy that that was their one run was 2015 with with all those guys for as good as they were, for as good as they... uh I guess it's not even like they had to wait for them all to hit at the same time. I mean, I, I would say that their peak years I don't think they were ever staggered. hit at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, their, their peak years were definitely staggered. But 2015, it's not like some guys we didn't understand how good they could be by that point
4: I, I don't know i i have very mixed emotions all over the place on harvey i just um you know he came up at a time that was like very uh formative in terms of like my professional baseball fandom and like working mm-hmm. in and around baseball and i just like Strikeouts have exploded in in a way since Harvey came up where I think looking at his box score does not do him justice on how dominant he was when he came up. Like you said 9.6 K per nine. I was like, damn, that sounds so underwhelming now. Like, you know, you, you can't even sniff the top 10 in the league at a, a strikeout per nine. But like that year he was sixth in all of baseball among qualified starters. It was exactly what Jose Fernandez was doing. You know what I mean? So like the nastiest of the nasty back then weren't striking out 12 or 13 guys per per game uh, for the most part. But like he came up and I've told this before, but I saw him in Strasbourg pitch live at um, at City when like Strasbourg was at kind of the peak of his powers and stuff like that. And what stood out to me was how much nastier and how much more pop the ball had coming out of Harvey's hand than it did Strasburg's to my like amateur eye and ear. Um, and I just really, in a way that basically nobody has been for me since, he was appointment television. I structured days around when Matt Harvey was going to pitch. If it was during the day, I made sure I was in front of my TV. And I'm not a Mets fan, as most of the people listening to this probably know. I just, And then the other side of it is that, you know, as his public reputation kind of became worse and worse and like, you know, Party Boy or irresponsible off the field or whatever it might have been. And I don't, I don't want to get into that too much. But what I think is interesting is who we give credit to for sacrificing for the team and who we kind of just brush aside on that kind of stuff. And no matter what you think about Matt Harvey, what he did for the 2015 Mets to try and push them to a World Series should be commended and should be elevated because, as you noted, He was just coming off of Tommy John surgery and for him to go and not only throw, what was it, 189 innings during the regular season, but to then go into the postseason and throw, what was it, uh, another 26 and two thirds innings. So we're talking about Mm -hmm. easily setting a career high, which nobody would do now coming in the first season, coming off of Tommy John in what's supposed to be the prime of your career. And he was never the same after that. And while none of us here are doctors, um, I think we would be naive to suggest that that did not have an impact on his ability to stay healthy and effective for the rest of his career. And they didn't win, so it's not exalted in the way that it might have been. But I think he deserves credit for that too, and a lot more credit than he currently gets. And it's a star-crossed career. And you know, I I know it looked like he was going to be one of the best pitchers in the game for a long, long time, and that's not how it played out. But <clears throat> I really enjoyed watching Matt Harvey in his prime.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it almost immediately, to your point, fell off after that uh, Game 5 start against the Royals in the World Series. So from 2016 through the end of his career, which he threw his final pitch in the big leagues in 2021, uh, he pitched for the Mets, Reds, Angels, Royals, and Orioles. He threw 500 in and 39 and a third innings with a 592 ERA and uh a five FIP and a 151 whip and uh hits per nine of 10.6 and the strikeouts per nine of seven. So almost immediately after that 2015 run, uh it's a it's a six ERA over a larger sample than any of his um it's almost double what he did in those first couple seasons there with the Mets. It, um, and uh, no, no, I'm lying. Four hundred and twenty seven innings with the Mets uh wow. through twenty fifteen, not including the postseason with a two fifty three ERA uh and a two six five FIP. So it's pretty true.
4: I and I gotta like somebody else can talk after this sorry but like i it's amazing how thin the margin is for being a baseball hero and being remembered forever versus being kind of an afterthought and if the mets win that world series and i know we said it was in five but for anybody who experienced that world series that was all of those games felt like they could have turned on one or two things um and you know matt harvey was that close to being kind of like you know something of a modern day New York icon if he pitches the Mets to or part part of an iconic team uh and instead you know there's there are plenty of people who will remember the twenty fifteen Mets but not in the same way that they would have and and he was just it was just a shell of himself after that and it was it was tough to watch uh for a long time for sure um but I'll remember the prime that's what I will remember
2: yeah. Uh I yeah, I mean I, I agree. I don't I don't really remember the shit years because I wasn't paying attention to them. No. Uh the Mets had a lead in every game of the 2015 World Series. Uh I know Kevin, our dear friend Kevin Clancy, he probably knows the exact number. I actually know that he knows the exact number. Uh, but they they led for X amount percentage. Like they had a lead in X amount innings of the World Series, and it was like seventy something. Like they were, they basically, <laughs> they were leading for a vast majority of the World Series and lost in five games. It's almost astonishing that you you don't know, you know what you give the Royals the credit for winning it, obviously. So I'm not saying it's astonishing the Mets didn't win. I think it's astonishing that the series went only five games
4: for sure, and the fact that the Royals were in the World Series the year before I think helps helps in terms of the general memory to legitimize that performance too and have, you know, n- nobody's going to go back and be like, oh, the fucking Royals got lucky, you know, like they probably did, but it it was less about that World Series than along the way.
0: Yeah. Um, Joseph, do you have any uh, Matt Harvey thoughts? Uh, Dark Knight, sick nickname. And that's, <laughs> yeah. so we'll remember him for that at least. Yeah. It was, uh, he
2: was a shooting star that Matt Harvey was, uh, it it was, it was very fascinating to, to watch that. Um, Noah Syndergaard is trying hypnosis to stop sucking. Do you see this? It's going to work. So I know that like people try hypnosis to stop smoking (laughs) cigarettes. Um, Noah Syndergaard is going to great lengths to turn his Los Angeles Dodgers tenure around. The former all-star hurler has begun using hypnosis to work through his early season struggles, according to Jack Harris of the L.A. Times. Quote, I'll try just about any resource I have just to snap out of it, Syndergaard said. During several hypnotherapy sessions... Over the last few weeks, Cindergard has worn an eye mask in a dark room while Dodgers mental skills coach Brent Walker has talked to him softly. I've done a lot of meditation and mindfulness <laughs> practices in the past. This is similar feels. It's just like trying to get your body in a super deep state. Magic, matching the physical side with how my mind is working. Could you <laughs> imagine... Nolan Ryan doing that, <laughs>
0: dude. He'd be he'd be insane. He'd have four thousand strikeouts. I, <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, Nolan Ryan more had than that. What?
0: Yeah, I meant, a, I meant a year. I meant a year. I meant every year. I meant every year. <laughs> <A> year. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. Knowing how yeah. many fucking strikeouts is a lot over a career. I'm sorry. I, Four, I mean, 4,000 strikeouts.
2: <laughs> 4, strikeouts is a lot
0: over a career,
2: yeah, but it is kind the of only guy that
4: doesn't work for it, basically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Nolan Ryan's career, he had 5,714 strikeouts. But if you told me any player in today's game would end up with 4,000 career strikeouts, I'd be like, holy shit. That just goes to show how great yeah. Nolan Ryan was. Uh, he's got he's got over 5,700
4: strikeouts. First of all, the idea of somebody whispering sweet nothings into my ear sounds awesome. Just generally, uh, whether I'm having yeah. trouble pitching or not, uh, so I'm in. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, yeah. If that if if I if I was employed by a company that made that available to me, I would use it. Um, that being yeah. said, it's not going to help with a blindfold on. Yeah, it's not going to help though, because I I think the problem is is that Noah Syndergaard is toast, and Ugh. yeah, and it's not like this came out of absolute nowhere like he's been you know talking about that it's really nice producing by you by the way go uh segueing from harvey to syndergaard uh Mm. because you know as we talked about that mets rotation like he has not been the same guy for quite a long time and what made noah noah was you know that that lightning fastball and then that kind of unprecedented uh slider thrown at. i'm sorry a slider thrown at kind of unprecedented velocity and Mm -hmm. He just doesn't have that anymore. Like his, He's throwing his combo of fastballs this season at 91.1 miles per hour. It was 93.8 just last season. So he's lost over two and a half miles an hour from last season. And then if you want to look at his prime, we're talking obviously about a guy who threw at 97, 98 miles an hour. So um, if you're going to lose five, six miles an hour off of your fastballs, um, there's no amount of whispering in your ear that's going to bring that back, unfortunately. It's not really a mental thing. It's a physical thing, I would guess. Um, So that's where my main concern would be. And how is that manifesting itself? Like, he just cannot get swings and misses anymore. He just can't do it. And he's not walking anybody. His walk rate's elite. But in his prime, he struck out 29% of batters. He's striking out 14% of batters this year. It's just not going to work.
0: No. And he's getting hit, too.
2: Very. Like, it's not just yeah like it's uh there's a lot of traffic the the walks aren't terrible I mean no, like it's the great. walks are kind of yeah they're 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 below career average. he's got a 1.4 walks per nine his career mark is 2.1 um but he's getting hit hard <laughs> he's uh he's given up 41 hits in 32 and a third innings um the hits per nine is 11.4. the career mark is 8.6. So yeah, it, it, it and he's not striking guys out at all. Nope. The the career mark is 9.1 and he's got a strikeouts per nine of 5.8. So, yeah, you start you start getting hit around like that. You're not getting swings and misses. No one's fooled by anything that you're throwing up there. The ERA this year is over 6. He's made seven starts, um, given up five bombs. It's uh it's not it's not good for Noah Syndergaard, and he is, by the way, I know that it sounds like he's been in the league for a long long time, and uh, he's approaching a couple of years if he makes the service time, he'll have the ten years service time, uh, but he's only thirty. He came into the league as a twenty two year old so Noah Syndergaard at the age of thirty were having the discussion of is is this it? Is this the end of the road? I mean if you're sitting in a room. With a blindfold on, <laughs> while someone whispers sweet nothings into your ear, you're kind of you're trying absolutely anything that you can to get back on the rail here. That is the last and, option. Uh,
4: that's that is yeah. the last stop on the road.
2: Correct. That is that's that's quite literally the uh, a last ditch
4: effort to revive a once promising career. The the next move is having uh, your teammate in AAA whisper sweet nothings to you on the bus uh, you know oh shit actually no we know no one will never do that because the guy has made he's going to be one of those people when we look back in like 15 years we'll be like no Syndergaard made how much money like he was good for like two and a half seasons and he's going to have made i think it's i think he's well over a hundred million dollars right now um despite never having outrageous yeah despite never having Signed like a a single massive deal.
2: Mm 63.5 million. Really? Yeah. Still a lot. Still a lot of money. Not bad.
0: Shout out to that guy who wrote that to make that sound as creepy as possible. The way he worded that in the dark room. (laughs) Yeah. Because you hear like, oh, he's getting hypnotized. You're like, all right, but it's 2023. Hypnotizing means a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And then he worded it in a way. Whispering in his ear, what the fuck? Yeah. Where is it the again? Bl- blindfold on?
2: <laughs> uh during several hypnotherapy sessions over the last few weeks, Syndrgaard has worn an eye mask in a dark room while Dodgers mental skills coach Brent Walker has talked to him softly.
4: Oh no, this has Soft. been going on for several weeks already. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Okay, well, yeah. it's definitely not working. So no, you say that, this, Jay,
0: but who knows? This could be the Dodgers' whole shit. This is why J- this is why Jason Hayward's doing so well. No, so why Shelby Miller's going off.
4: Yeah, this is what they do to everybody. Who I bet knows? if we check Shelby Miller's velocity, it's in it's it's relatively intact uh, from where it's been in previous seasons. The Dodgers cannot fix a pitcher who has lost six miles an hour off of his fastball and doesn't have. The requisite skills to get beyond that. We're just—I think it's kind of over, unfortunately. Um, hmm.
0: That's yeah. a lot—six, hmm. seven miles per hour. You just have to be a completely different pitcher, completely different death. guy.
4: It's—it's it's not yeah. like he would be the that sort of loss of velocity has felled far superior pitchers in the past than Noah Syndergaard. Like this is Felix a, was not able to ultimately adjust very well to his diminished velocity as he got older either, and. Felix was obviously on an entirely different level than Noah Syndergaard. This
2: is a a great transition. (laughs) The talk about a lack of velocity. But first, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Jake, I saw you were at the Celtics game last night. Shout out to GameTime, app for getting you in the building. Did the Celtics win? They did not. All righty. Forget planning in advance. GameTime has deals. You love the seats, though, right? Great seats. <laughs> great seats. Great prices. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get uh, exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're ready to go. Tickets get sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the promo code Jared. That is J-A-R-E-D to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use the promo code Jared for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, so it was an interesting conversation that you guys were just having. About the uh, dip in velocity. And uh, Jack Flaherty, after last night's Cardinals victory, by the way, cards won. Cards won again, by the way. That's uh, three straight for them. Are they back? They're I don't back. know. They could be back. But last night, Jack Flaherty for the St. Louis Cardinals, his line was five innings. Seven hits, three earned runs, but five walks and only three strikeouts. Um, so here is actually this is like a longer clip. Let me get the more condensed version. Um, this is Jack Flaherty after the game. It's just,
3: that's the way the game goes, so you, so you, that's, that's the way that you go about the game.
4: We don't know that
0: unless we ask Jack. We don't know. Well,
3: we then you don't understand pitch. pitching, that's okay. can i say that
4: again?
0: I'm
3: sorry? I'm sorry. I'm,
4: I'm sorry. I'm, what, I'm sorry. You said I don't
3: understand pitching. That's, the, that's the way that, no, it's, we, we just don't feel like we should guess. We want your
2: answer so we can coach you and give it to the fans.
3: Okay, Derek. Okay, it. Derek. For the, for the record.
2: So he's he's basically talking. I am gonna try won. this is won
3: the game. So uh guys came out, played well. Um just from there guys kept kept scoring. Ideally you would
0: like to those press things. Can you find any kind of I don't want to say comfort, but ability to move on and get past the salary knowing that you were able to limit the
3: damage and get those double play balls when needed uh yeah you got to make pitches when you need to Did a better job of that today than i did last time what the game calls for so Uh, calls for i'm gonna play with the velocity of my fastball based on what the game calls for so i i can get outs at 90 i can get outs at 95 like it's like i'm Gonna play with it. I've always played with it. I've, I've thrown freaking fastballs at eighty-seven before in games when I've been at my best. Like I'm not answering questions on. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying because y'all want to make a big deal out of it, and I'm tired of it. Like I'm not. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like I'm, I've thrown, I've. I'm going to go for what the game calls for. And that's that's part of pitching. So if you want to ask about it, you don't understand the art of pitching. Like, I'm going to go with what it, the situation calls for, what the game calls for. But like, you have to manage pitch counts. You have to manage the way that the game goes. Like, there's certain times where you up it and you're going to, now you're going to start seeing four, five, six. And there's certain times you might be able to be like, okay, here, you know, okay, we, you know, Situation calls for it, You bump it back up. It's just that's the way the game goes. So you, so you. That's that's the way that you go about the game.
0: We don't know that
4: Adam, so just, Jack. We don't
0: know. Well, you then you don't understand pitching, that's
3: okay. You want to say that
4: again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: What you said, I don't understand pitching. That's the, that's the way that. It's, we just don't feel like we should guess. We want your answer so we can quote you and give it to the fans. Okay, Derek. Say. For,
0: the, for the record, I asked that because in the broadcast, they were saying there are times when a pitcher will throw at a certain velocity with a fastball for certain reasons. They were discussing it. That's why I asked. I appreciate it, Jim.
3: I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You just play with it the way that the game goes. There are certain times you... You up your velocity, and there's certain times that you um, you can play with it. If you got good, if you got enough feel for it, you can play for it with it. Um, kind of like certain situations, there you go ahead and um, pitch around certain guys. I mean, I've been dinged up by lefties all year, so I'm going to pitch them a little bit tougher in a day like today um, to maybe get to that that righty in some of those situations. Um, yeah,
2: you've got more so he. What, what are we doing? Uh, what are we doing? He didn't. He didn't love being asked about his fastball velocity.
4: No, no, no. I, I get. I, I'm losing track of all the people that Jack Flaherty gets to blame for not being effective, because mm. I thought did it was, he did he publicly blame no, Wilson Contreras? No, but no, but it got out that he was part of the meeting with Wainwright and others as to that resulted in Wilson Contreras ultimately being moved off of catcher, and so. My interpretation of that was is that Jack Flaherty has not been happy with Wilson Contreras' work behind the plate either. And to me, this start did nothing but totally reinforce the fact that this is much more about Jack Flaherty and his very quickly losing effectiveness than it is anything to do with Wilson Contreras and his pitch calling. To me, that's such fucking bullshit. Like, what, Yeah, I mean... What, what are we... And, and like, so, OK, so first it was Contreras. Now it's the reporters who don't know anything about pitching, despite the fact that they're asking very seem like very legitimate questions to me because a quick look at Jack Flaherty's velocity and results reveal some like really, really alarming stuff, because in his April 23rd start, his four seam fastball velocity was ninety three point six. OK, April 28th, ninety three point four. Fine. May 4th, ninety two point two. So, 1.2 miles an hour drop from his previous start. Last night, it was 91.9. So, he lost another 0.3. So, in the span of two starts, he's lost a mile and a half off of his average fastball velocity. By the way, batters went six for 10 off of his four seamer last night. So, like, and over his last three starts, he's allowed 23 hits and 18 runs in 12 innings pitched. So, this isn't really about what the game calls for. This isn't about situational pitching that the reporters don't understand. This is about him getting absolutely knocked around. And his fastball getting knocked around and people tying that to a loss in velocity, which the numbers are suggesting is happening like what th- his season can't be following the game plan. I don't know what we're doing or what he's doing. Yeah. specifically. I know what we're doing.
2: Yeah, there's a there, there's obviously a direct correlation between drop in velocity and offense allowed uh, by Jack Flaherty. And yeah, it is. It is. It's an odd situation to get frustrated. Like I understand being frustrated. Like I, for sure, if you're a professional athlete and you're a guy that could throw ninety five, ninety six miles an hour, and then start by start, you're seeing one mile an hour down, one mile an hour down. You're probably sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck's going on? Or maybe he does know what's going on. Maybe the answer is similar to you know, no one is asking Nolan Arenado these questions over in St. Louis, but I feel like there's a chance maybe he's playing hurt where it's like, all right. Yeah. Like we suck right now. Like I need to be out there. Like, I feel like that's definitely what's going on with Nolan Arenado, where, You know, he's having a very off season for what we're used to seeing from him. But, you know, there's the injury back to the world baseball classic. It's just, it makes too much sense. So I feel like there's, there's almost like this pressure there to be like, all right, I got to step up. Like I, you know, are, are you hurt or are you injured? you know, it's, it's, can I take the ball today? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go out there and do that because if, if like, you know, the the season's on the line
4: and he's been a guy who's been banged up and dealing with injuries for the past couple of years. So I could understand like, you know, he thinks he's coming into this year healthy. And then now if we're speculating, of course, but like, if he's banged up, he's like, fuck now I'm banged up again. Like I want to be out there and this team, as you said, like needs help and needs specifically starting pitching. I just like, Like the tone that he used to those reporters was so dismissive and like so condescending on what I thought were the questions posed seemed legitimate from a storyline perspective and didn't seem like they were posed in a tone that should have got the reporter below back either. So I like the whole St. Louis situation. Like, I'm confident that that roster is going to turn it around in the Central, especially as the Pirates continue to lose. But the vibe there and there feels like a lack of leadership, a lack of accountability for some players. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, that's, that was kind of ugly to me. I
2: don't know. It goes all the way back to the Tyler O'Neill situation.
4: Yeah. This is like the third, this is the third, this sort of thing that we've talked about with the Cardinals already this year.
2: Um, yes. O'Neill, at- Contreras, and now Flaherty, where it's just like, the vibe in the room does not seem like it's a fun place to be. And I know that that a lot of that goes back to losing, but I mean, you go to back to the O'Neill situation they hadn't even sucked yet.
4: Yeah. I, and, and I, and they won last night and I know that Flaherty acknowledged that and tried to say that that's what's important or whatever. And to, a, to a large extent for this team, that is what's important is just getting those dubs right now. But um, yeah, I, even when Flaherty was going well earlier this year, the the walks were flaring up. Like, what did he he had that start where he flirted with yeah? So he had the five hitless innings. He had seven walks and four strikeouts in that start, it was like <laughs> his first yeah. his first time out this year. So and then followed that up with another start that looks decent on paper. Five innings, two earned, six walks. So it's just been kind of a mess, and uh, I I don't know what's going on, but that that sequence was off putting.
2: Yeah, how does it make
0: you feel, Joe? Well, it sounds like there's a, lot, there's a fucking lot of stress, a lot of stress in St. Louis. A lot of bad vibes, a lot of tension. Mm. And I also think, like what J.A. was saying, like he probably feels if you're coming off injury, you want you don't want you don't want to think that like oh, I have bad velocity and like I might not be as good as I used to be. You want to think that you're going to be dominant like he was in 2019. When you're not, like, you know, you might feel some type of way, like, you know, and it's kind of a sensitive topic. Also, if you're kind of being uh, blamed a little bit for Contreras not starting and all all the uh, backlash on that, people being like, well, it's kind of your fault too, bro. And then you fuck up without Contreras. You know, it's pretty obvious why you would have like, you know, feel kind of pissed off and kind of lash out. You can kind of feel that he was like lashing out, but then like, I shouldn't be lashing out. Fuck. And then was mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, Jeff, there was his <laughs> what, what, what name. Who was Derrick. the reporter? Derek. Derek. And he's
2: been he's been like a reporter. Derek Gould, I think his name is. He's been there for like 30 years.
0: You can tell me, I don't know, pitching up in here for 30 years, Jake. Jack. <laughs> Jake.
4: <laughs> I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sensitive to the fact that like when professional athletes base, do that flex. When they're like, you don't know the game because you didn't play. And that's ultimately what that was saying. And I feel like more often than not, when current or former professional athletes go to that, it's as a defense mechanism for a conversation that is not going the way that they want Um, and that they don't necessarily have any points or counterpoints or data points to, to counter what's being said by the other person. And so it's like, well, you didn't play. And sometimes... That's absolutely correct and relevant. And it's like, you couldn't possibly understand this because you didn't play. And one of those examples would be uh, maybe like clubhouse dynamics or something like that, which is when it's great to have Dallas on the pod because uh, he is the one who experienced that. And none of us did, but all of us in some capacity actually did play baseball. And so, uh, and and we study it and we follow it. And so I I just, I hate it when they do that. And Mm. He did that. So don't do that. He did that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Don't be that. I
0: don't. I don't love being told that. I think
2: like if if I ever get that, like the, oh, you didn't play. It's always from these fucking slapdick minor leaguers that are like 28 years old and high A. I'm like, buddy, like, congrats. You played fucking D1 college baseball.
4: And where is the line? Like, when does it matter that you played? Because if a minor leaguer is going to tell me that I didn't play, then like, buddy, you didn't make the majors. Did, did you play? Uh, did right. a person who stopped yeah. playing after college, did they right. play? What about if it was a yeah. low level college team? What about a high school All-American did, who, who threw out their elbow? Did they play? Yeah. Like, It's just so hmm. fucking reductive and stupid. I agree.
2: I agree. I don't like that's my favorite thing, too, is when people like, bro, you you didn't play like you think Ken Rosenthal was out there socking homers.
4: He's fucking five, two. Yeah, (laughs) there's no way. Be more specific passing. I didn't play well. (laughs) (laughs) I played and I played for quite a while for somebody who was not very good. Um, And you honestly
0: learn most of the shit by the show. If You play the show. You kind of learn all the shit. It's pretty easy.
4: Yeah. Another great point. I don't even need to go outside.
0: I mean, how many times (laughs) have I made the major leagues in LB the show my entire life? Probably like 10 times. Probably like 10 times
4: the number of times that Jack Flaherty made the real show. Yeah, Uh, he only made it once. once. And we're not even taking shots. We're just saying. No, he's just the current topic. That could apply to anybody. (laughs) How many times (laughs) did Nolan Ryan make the show? One time.
0: (laughs) Just once. It's true. You made it 10. 10 times showmaker. And I'm in a softball league, motherfuckers, and I yeah. only got out once last week, two games. That's like that. It's damn good. And I'm battling injuries and playing through them. Yeah, yeah that's because you're you're a grinder. Well, I'm the captain of the infield, so like you kind of have to. But it's like it's good. We're eight and one, so. Um, did Aaron, Aaron Judge came back last night? In
4: that second, sure. Good to have him back.
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean
2: Judgy, you 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 pumped to see your boy Judgy come back? He went
0: 0 for 3 though. Uh, against the A's. Don't forget. That's not good. <laughs> Don't forget to add that in there. Against the A's, that's not good.
2: <laughs> what do you th- what do you think? Um what are your expectations for Judgy
0: now that he's back? I got high, I mean, come on, Eric Judge. I got high expectations. I was kind of surprised that he came back this quick. Me too. I guess that's just basing off Jared stating that it's a hip and that he's fucked. Yeah, yeah
4: that's pretty <laughs> but sweet. Yeah. My,
0: my inside Yankee, Yankee source is Jared. So sometimes I get these things wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not my fault. And it's not Jared's fault. It's just. I wasn't wrong, though. It was his hip. It's his hip. And his hip. he still hasn't gotten a hit
2: since. So maybe. But he has not gotten a hit since the hip injury. Are you concerned?
0: <laughs> Listen. I wouldn't say I'm concerned about Judge, but I'm concerned about the Yankees without Judge. Because we've talked about this multiple times. Without him, they are a way worse team and feeble. feeble. And even if Judge was completely healthy, he's probably not doing what he did last year. And he, what he did last year, basically carried the Yankees. So, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot riding on Judge. I don't think that's an overstatement. That's So any injury would be a little worrisome. Mm. I mean, even despite
2: the fact that Judge did absolutely nothing last night, the Yankees still won. So just remember that. That's how bad the A's are. Remember that. (laughs) Judge did nothing. Some dude that we have never even heard of hit three home runs for the A's. They still
4: lost. The Yankees still won. Can I I just answer that question really fast? I'm not worried because he had a batted ball last night that went 109.3 miles an hour. So, I actually Did you really, yeah, I actually think that's very encouraging. The, the, uh, so
2: you think he's back?
4: Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. If he, if they're saying he's healthy enough to play and he hit a ball almost, he hit a ball 109 miles an hour last night, then I'm inclined to think that we're good to go. All right. Should be good so to we, go. But, the, but, but,
0: but, like you said, I don't know if anyone said this. I just, I'm going to say, <laughs> I can see <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that he hit a ball really hard, but, The way Judge has been acting lately, and now he's the captain, signed the long-term deal. It seems clear that Judge is like really trying to be like the captain, like like he should, because he is their best player by far. I could see him like rushing back from an injury like this before he's ready, easily. Because you think he's
4: irresponsible?
0: You think he's irresponsible? No, I think he's fucking. I think he's. I think he's taking the captain role very seriously. Mm -hmm. And well, I mean, it's obvious. he chose, he chose the Yankees
2: over the United States of America, so you know that he's kind of taking it pretty seriously.
0: Yeah, and that was a bitch move, but like, I still like the guy. <laughs> I just love my country. Yeah, me too. However, everybody in the world knows that the Yankees need Aaron Judge, and so he's not going to wait until he's 110% to the play. But does Aaron Judge need the Yankees? Well, he's stuck with them now. We <laughs> mm-hmm. could I, ask for a trade. He could, he could ask for, Aaron Judge to not be the Yankees. Aaron Judge could uh, never play again and be good, and probably live a better life than everybody on this podcast for sure. And fuck that,
4: everybody, man. I love my life. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jay has got a great life.
4: Other uh, other than being unable to extract <laughs> myself from childcare early enough to have joined the pod on time, my life is mm-hmm. top notch.
0: He's got a great life. But well, now imagine that with your great life. But you were six seven, two <laughs> fifty, famous as fuck. Had, had had teeth that were perfect. You had them mm-hmm. fixed.
2: Mm-hmm. So you got I mean, it
4: like. That. Couldn't I just do that? You could. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, they do. Have,
2: they have surgeries for both. You could be. You could be six
4: seven. I would need to buy a new house. The house I uh, purchased is on the older side and is really not fit for somebody who's six seven. So. Mm-hmm. i guess i would have more money though so i could do that but you know we're we're yeah. kind of getting down a yeah. rabbit hole now i'm happy with my life just want to be clear very happy yeah well
2: you could be happier shout out to my saying. family you Love you guys love love your family <laughs> but also you could be six seven i don't know that's true i don't know that i would want to be six seven that seems super inconvenient
4: as, as kind yeah, of a monster athlete. of the podcast already i i don't want to get any taller i
2: right <laughs> yeah like as someone who's, like, pretty much six feet, I don't know that I'd want to be six foot seven. <laughs> you just, just stand out in a crowd. Everyone's like, ooh, who's this guy? Yeah. Like, leave me alone. Play basketball. It's probably, it probably, probably hurts just to get out of bed.
4: Yeah, plus you got to have a super long, like, like Willy pants. Wonka bed. To even yeah, fit into your it.
2: bed's got to be bigger. Like, you probably... It, it probably costs more to get clothes because it's just more material yep. that needs to cover your big, stupid body.
4: Yeah, you just got to wear like those boxy jeans because that's all that they have at the store, you know? Yeah, um,
2: everything's probably going to be custom fit. That's stupid.
4: Yeah. See how much more expensive it is. You got to get custom fit clothing. I'm just going to stay right between six and six one, that nice, soft, comfy zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Same.
2: I
4: disagree because right here,
0: if I was six seven, I would be in the NBA. I would be able to dunk. I would be in the major leagues at the same time, and I would pitch whoa. and I would hit. If I was six seven. <laughs> and
2: I would pitch and I would hit and, play
0: and dunk. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. That's I mean, fun. that's a wild assumption to make that just because you're six seven means you can pitch and hit. Like well, do you think Richie people. Sexton could pitch and hit?
0: No, but I could. That's the difference. Oh, okay. I'm saying me personally. Like you guys. You're you personally. Know, you guys like your heights. I like my height too. But if I was six seven, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be in. Uh, You'd probably be in Japan. I don't know where the fuck I'd be. I'd be in the major leagues and in the NBA at the same time. That's why I'm confused right now. I'd be playing the playoffs and pitching and hitting because <laughs> I was six seven. Does <laughs> that like a double header? Like you just like
2: you start against the Yankees. But you're also DH and then you have a playoff game that night. You get like a, like a private jet to go to your playoff game to make the second half.
0: Yeah. I'm point guard.
2: You got to be there on time. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. I would, I would love if you were able to do that. Um, but baseball season's rolling. It's the best time of the year. There are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10 G network, I can stay on top of everything with Xfinity 10G. You can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone that you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Uh, The only other item that I had on the rundown, which I don't even really care that much to talk about, is Wilson Contreras making his return to Wrigley. Uh, I made the point that if you're one of those guys that gets booed and you acknowledge the boos by being like, boo me more, you're only acknowledging that your feelings are actually hurt.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I would react to being booed. If I'm being honest. Mm. I don't like being yelled at by bosses and stuff like that. So I don't think I would be I don't think I'd react like how are you going to react? So you either need to be stone faced. Right. And pretend like it's not happening, basically, Mm -hmm. or you need to lean into it. And I guess the most common way to lean into it is to, you know, basically do what Contreras did. Right. Um, So I don't know. Like, you can't like cry. You can't just get like all sad about it.
2: No, but it's almost like when people are like. This didn't hurt my feelings, but and then they just go on like a rant about it.
4: Like, yeah, it hurt your fucking feelings. Then let me, like, I think, let me say something. It would hurt my feelings, and it probably hurt Wilson Contreras' feelings too. I think that's what we're mm-hmm. getting at, and I think that's yeah, natural. like he's soft. I, no, I think it hurts more people's feelings than than would tend to let on because he's certainly not the first person to do the embrace thing. Um, I can't. No, but like, but not in
2: that situation that I can recall. Like, go, I was a going back of a World to series
4: winning team. That was like Mm -hmm. supposedly legendary and broke the curse and all that sort of shit and was going to be remembered forever and treated like royalty in the city and all this shit that they tell you is going to happen when you win a title. And then my free agency comes up and they basically tell me to get boned. Uh, We're not bringing you back, which by all accounts is more or less what happened. And Mm -hmm. their rival says, we'd like to give you $80 million actually to come be our catcher. And then they embarrass you right before you return to your old team. Uh, by saying you're a shitty catcher, basically. And then you come back and the fans at Wrigley that you helped to win a World Series for boo you because you left for the only team that was going to give you money. When the, It's not like the Cubs offered him $78 million and he left for the Cardinals for $80 million. The car, the Cubs offered him basically nothing. So like yeah. mixing all of that together, you know what I would do if I got booed? My do? feelings would be hurt and I would probably lash out.
0: <laughs> mm. I was watching this and he really did. He, he also got a standing ovation when he came to the plate the first time. And I think when he, he hit like a, it was a double to go ahead in the game. And he got like, you know, he got some boos. Mixed, yeah. It was like, and he did say some things about the Cubs. I think that's why they booed him. Because he that's said exactly like... That's
2: exactly what I'm looking for right now. is because it wasn't that he left to go to the Cardinals. It didn't was they? after he left... He fucking he basically said, "Suck my dick." Uh, this is uh, this, this is what he said.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is uh, this for me. I like this better. It's a it's better organization. Uh, we all like almost like all all school all school way, which I love it. Um, and that's something that I really like it. I was I already talked to uh, the manager about it. Like, how was the culture here? And everything since I got here has been everything just one way, the Cardinal way. And I have to adjust it. So uh, it's not not that hard. I mean, do everything right and respect each other. That's it.
2: He said, suck my fucking Cardinal nuts, Uh -uh.
1: Chicago.
4: That's what he said. No, let me tell you. I, I, I find him so relatable right now because let me tell you something. If you'd asked me for a public quote after I left Barstool, to go to Major League Baseball, right as I arrived at Major League Baseball and that first week, I would shudder to think of the quote that I would have given looking <laughs> back on it now. Like, yeah. it, it, I think it is totally understandable for uh, Wilson Contreras to have been enthusiastic and en- excited about where he was relative to where he had been, which once again was a team that told him to basically get fucked, we don't <laughs> want you, and... Yeah who in the preceding three years or so prior to him leaving had devolved into something of a shit show, bad team. Right. So like I, I can totally get where Wilson is coming from. I-, I, to me, to me, it's a relatively tame comment to have issued coming off of how it played out with him and the Cubs. I think he could have been a lot more, not vulgar, but I think he could have been a lot more explicit in his distaste for that overall situation. And i i I find it totally understandable, I guess.
2: But if he had a brain, he would know. I'm not hurting Cubs executives with these words. I'm hurting the fans. Like, if I say this organization is way better, it, trust me, the Cardinals, the, the Cubs' biggest rival, way better wh- how they do it <laughs> over here. I would know. I've been a part of both most recently. So I can speak from personal experience. Cardinals awesome, Cubs worst. Well, don't and you think Cubs fans like like I think executives are smart enough to know like we know what, yeah, what he's doing. Okay, like yeah, you're happy with your new team. Like you felt slighted about like uh, we didn't offer you any contract whatever. Like go go be with the Cardinals. A Cubs fan is going to be like this fucking traitor <laughs> is is betraying us. First of all, he left us that traitor and then he signed with the enemy that traitor now he's saying that is way better over there dude you're a cub you're a cub for life it's cubbies
4: cubbies or die and And you're saying all this any cub fan who responds that way and who actively ignores the fact that the cubs did not offer him a contract to come back there was either didn't offer him one or offered him one that was so ludicrous as to not be a contract offer at all um then they're just they're being willfully ignorant about the situation and i correct you know that
2: that's the case though because it's this situation is johnny damon light like the red sox did not offer johnny damon a competitive contract the yankees offered him the most money he won a world series in boston it's the same fucking thing he won he won the 2004 world series in boston which i still put above the fucking cubs i don't give a shit Uh, the cubs is like 1b to uh 2004 is 1a and So the most iconic championship was an integral piece of that. And then he goes to the team's rival after the team that he just played for did not offer a competitive contract. And the rival offered that made the best offer. Johnny Damon got booed unmercifully when he came back. I would have the same May 1st, 2006.
4: I would if we were recording the podcast in 2006, I would have responded hopefully in the exact same way that I'm responding right now. I like I. um. If the I don't remember the contract negotiations probably as well as you do. So if the Red Sox really didn't make Johnny Damon a, a real offer, then I don't blame him for leaving, and I don't blame him for signing with the Yankees. And I don't either. And I, I I'm not so naive as to think that. Fans are getting one hundred percent informed before they decide who to boo at the stadium. Okay, like obviously yeah. not, dude. They don't no. give a fuck. No, dude, none of these fans hate Contreras,
0: dude, but I also people just boo because it's fun.
4: But I also I mean, don't think that Contreras was surprised necessarily to be booed. I just think that like being booed in a stadium where you really thought that you had what was going to be something of a lifelong connection, I think that can be jarring, and I think. There are only a certain number of ways that you're able to respond because you can't turn it off. You can't like turn it off like it's a TV. Like you have to endure the booing while it's happening. So either stand there and pretend like it's not happening like an idiot, or say, <laughs> you know what, fuck this, give it, give it all to me. I'm in. Yeah, he's like, and Go Contreras Wilson plays
0: Contreras. like this. Contreras does this shit all the time, but this is how he plays. He's a guy. He's got Correct. flair. He's got attitude, and. Honestly, I mean the same shit with with Danzy Swanson and the Cubs. Like Danzy Swanson went to the Cubs and was like, "I like the Cubs," and the Braves fans were like, "What the fuck?" It's like, what do you think he's gonna say? If you're Wilson Contreras, like you're trying to be like, "I like the Cardinals," without saying I don't like the Cubs. But if you say like the Cardinals, the Cubs are mad. You really can't win. You know what I'm saying? No, I you think can't. he's handled all this shit really well. On personally, like the way I mean, has he said anything dumb? Like he's basically gotten benched and. Just kind of chilled through it. And I was watching the uh, Cubs game and they were talking about on this broadcast like, oh, like uh, this was a topic within the Cubs organization during contract negotiations. Like it never got out, but the Cubs also felt the same way that he wasn't calling games well. And that's why they didn't want to sign him. They dropped out in the pot. I never heard that. Hmm. There's a lot of people throwing dirt on this guy. It's kind of crazy. I've been throwing dirt on this guy. Yeah, I'm,
4: I'm. I'm. I'm digging it. I'm shoveling it off.
0: Mm. I'm. I'm with you, Jay. i
2: I'm with you. I think I don't like him because cool he, he was a big enemy in my brew
4: crew. So,
2: all right. Any final
4: thoughts, Joey? You first. I always go. I feel like. Uh, a final thought. No, no
0: final thoughts. Wow,
4: I have two, Jay? um since i i was a little late to the pod, i just wanted to drop a few nugs here um please tough night for the pirates last night now outscored 54 to 12 over the last nine games just wanted to update that little stat since it was i believe 44 to 9 the last time that we talked now 54 to 12 um brandon fought uh i got a hand up on this one hand up uh i said that uh he would be massive upgrade or at least an upgrade over madison bumgarner uh, that has not been the case so far, actually. Uh, he's allowed six home runs in 46 batters' faced. That is not going to work. It doesn't matter what, how many strikeouts you have. If you allow six homers in less than 10 innings pitched, um, we have some things we need to work out. So I don't know if he's going to get a third starter, if they're going to send him back down to retool some stuff, but uh, that might be uh, more of a future help than a present help uh, like I had envisioned. Uh, and then lastly... Listen, I don't want to give credence to any of the ugly stuff that was said by uh, people with other companies and other podcasts about Alec Manoa's ability to pitch at a high level for certain reasons. But I'm Mm. now officially on the concern train about just what the performance is saying overall. Um, His MLB career, year by year, strikeout rate has gone from 27.7% to 22.9% to 16.8% this year. His walk rate is more than double what it was last year. So right now he's sporting a 16.8% strikeout rate and a 13.1% walk rate which is totally untenable. Um and his slider has just not been anywhere near the same pitch. He's getting absolutely hammered. He's allowed four homers off of his slider in only 213 pitches thrown this year uh and he allowed four home runs off of his slider all of last year in 798 pitches thrown. Um So I, I listen, I don't Totally know why this is happening, and we don't have Dallas here to maybe give us his interpretation of some of these numbers. But the whole part of the idea of the Blue Jays was that Alec Manoa was a frontline pitcher, and I know they've succeeded so far despite Alec Manoa not being that. But the total loss of like the swing and miss and kind of the nastiness that he was playing with before is really concerning to me personally. So Hmm. uh, I guess we'll wait and see. But after last night, I had to look at some of the numbers. Um, because we're now a month and a half into the season, man. Like, this is real. This is real now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, I mean, he's, it's basically just been that one start against the Yankees. Like, maybe he needed yeah. that <clears throat> that fuck you giddy up adrenaline that he had going up against Garrett Cole. But outside of that, um, it's been a while since we've seen the, uh, the old Alec Manoa
0: of sorts. Um, so, yeah, something to keep an eye on. That reminded um, me of my final thought. What is it? Everybody's talking about Ian Kano for my Orioles. He's pitched 13 games. He's given up three hits. Mm. He's don't, no one's gotten a hit off his changeup yet this year. That's it's, actually pretty nuts. 66 times he's thrown it and no one's even hit it for a hit.
2: <laughs> Is that the best change-up since Devin Williams?
0: That's the best change-up. Devin Williams
2: saying, I'm still Dave. here, dog. Mm, do count
4: me true.
0: out. Oh. Yeah. I was looking at some of those stats. Some of these pitchers, it's funny to see like how far can you go into a season without giving up a hit on one-year pitches, and there's like a good amount of guys like that, and there's some crazy ones. Uh, I forget his name. Um, Phil Maton. fuck. May- how do say it? Matone.
4: Yeah, I he's think, the, like I think the accent's over the O.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's throwing like 130 curveballs and no one's hit it yet. It's pretty cool. Pretty cute.
2: Good for him. Good for him. All right, we'll be back tomorrow um, with the Thursday episode of Baseballs Dead. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. We're
0: gone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile